Okay, here we go. Well, anyway, we're going to pick up where we left off. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we're looking at the book of Exodus here, and the, the last two Sundays were Genesis, I mean, Exodus 1 through 5, and then Exodus uh, 6 through 10, and we'll pick up right here. But anyway, remember, all the plagues had taken place. If we kind of rehearse just a second, the first one, if you want to call the snake one, remember, he threw his snake down. Well, they threw their sna- theirs down, and they threw the rod down, it became a snake. Remember, they did the same thing, but what was so interesting about uh, Moses' rod or Aaron's rod? He ate all their snakes, man. <laughs> okay. And then it was the next day, he goes down to the Nile, the Pharaoh, Pharaoh does. And then remember what happens there? We're gonna, water's going to be turned to blood. And then it says, a week went by. So now we only have... Time-wise, starting from the book of Exodus here, when Moses gets to Pharaoh, it's just been a week and a day. Okay, so after, think of me. So with the rod turned to a snake. Okay, then there was blood. What do you think was next? Remember? No, frogs was next, remember? Frogs. And then there was lice. And this was like the next day. Okay, then after the lice was flies. Then it was a plague that killed the cattle. Then remember what's, what happened next? Something fell down from the sky. No, 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 no. It was, it was balls. Balls. Boy, that was nasty. Remember, in all these in all these places we see it wasn't happening to the to the Israelites. Okay, then there was hail. Man, that wiped. It was like just tornadoes just all over the land. It just wiped everything out, killed everybody that was out in the fields and stuff like that. So after the hail, let's see, there was locusts. Yeah, that was nasty. Locusts just just. It, matter of fact, it, it looked like it was just dark. It said it wasn't the darkness. Darkness is next, but it was not. It didn't happen to the Jew, to the Jews. Okay. Then there's darkness, and then uh, that's going to lead right up here. But I'm going to back up to the last verse in the 10th chapter. Now, notice, these are just, the markers are just there to help us find this stuff. In the original text, there was no markers. It was just, you just knew this was the book of Exodus, and it was big old, one long, big text. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the 10th chapter just a moment. And here we're going to see the, what's going on. Uh, all, okay, all of the darkness fell there in verse 22, 23. And anyway, uh, Let's see what happens here. Uh, Verse 27, Exodus 10. So the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he would not let them go. Get out of here. Don't let me ever see you again. Now remember, let's get the picture of this. We don't have a video here, so we got to help ourselves here. Pharaoh's not saying, look, if if y'all feel like it, would y'all please get out of here? No, he is furious. Get out of here. And it's so funny. The Lord just turned the light back on. It was dark. And he said, we turned the light back on. But remember, the Lord was behind. So the Lord hardened his heart. Okay, okay. Now remember, there's a reason for that. Worked out great. I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. And boy, Pharaoh's the one that was throwing their kids, throwing the Israelites into the river to have them killed. Oh, here we go. Get out of here. Don't ever let me see you again. Pharaoh shouted. He screamed at him. Wow. The day you do, you shall die. (laughs) Do you know little little Moses is no longer scared anymore? Remember, he's already stomped out. He's going to stomp out again right here. This is the second time Moses is going to be. This time it's going to say red-faced with anger. Oh, real Christian-like. Man, it was exactly Christian-like. Our Christian Lord ran him out of the temple with not a smile on his face. Boy, he had a whip, and you better get out of there. Okay. So here we go. Well, very well, Moses replied. I'll never see you again. Now, we got to go into the 11th chapter, but let's don't read this next year. This is the same story. All right. You'll never see me again. So right then, see, notice that, then. The Lord said to Moses, boy, here he goes. I mean, the Lord's been feeding these out like card number one, card number two, card number three. You know, plague one, plague two, plague three. You just had hail. You just had locusts. You just had darkness. And the Lord says, I'm going to send one more disaster on Pharaoh. Watch this. 
in his land. After that, he'll let you go. In fact, he will be so anxious to get rid of you, he will practically throw you out of the country. Exodus 11. Now, this is so important. The book, the New Testament is full of uh, information about Moses. We have to throw all this away. We have to throw away the Passover, or Easter, shall we say, the resurrection, because of uh, if we don't know this story here, because here's this story. Now, we know the Passover, so I'm going to skip through the 11th chapter. We're going to read it, but it's, I'm going to go fast because we know it very well. Here's one more disaster. Now, watch this. Tell all the women of, of Israel to ask their Egyptian neighbors, look at that verse 2, for gold and silver jewelry. Man, I tell you what, I'm, well, we know here. The Lord wants you blessed financially. It's just ridiculous. Notice he didn't say, and give it all to the Lord. No, this was for you and I. Okay, here we go. For the Lord caused the Egyptians to be very favorable to the people of Israel. See, you've got favor with God and man too. It's the same thing. Moses, look at that. Here's where you get the story. Moses and all the rest of the people in the land, the, the great officers and stuff, they like Moses. Moses was a very great man in the land of Egypt and was revered by Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people alike. Wow. See why it's so cool to read these details? Okay, now Moses, ah, excuse me, messed up. Let me back up. Look at that. Uh, yeah, now Moses announced to Pharaoh, so he was still standing right there. Mo Remember, Pharaoh just shouted at him, you get out of here, the next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. Boy, now the Lord had told Moses, here's what you say. Moses announced to Pharaoh, what did he do, go back in there? No, he never left. He never left, he was standing right there. Jehovah says, about midnight, boy, man, these people were shaking in their boots, the, the staff members there, because they already knew everything Moses said happened. About midnight, I'm going to pass through the land. Look at the word pass, okay? It's Passover. All the oldest sons shall die in every family in Egypt, from the oldest child of Pharaoh, heir to the throne, to the oldest child of his lowliest slave, even the firstborn of the animals. The wail of death will resound through the entire land of Egypt. Never before has there been such anguish, and it never will be again. Now remember, when God told Moses to go in there and tell him, he says, Israel is my firstborn son. And because you won't let him go, I'm going to kill your oldest son. He told, the Lord told Moses to tell him that a week ago. So he already knew this. All right, here we go. All right, so here's what happens here. Look at this. There's your fantastic little part. But not a dog shall move his tongue against any of the people of Israel, nor shall any of their animals die. Wow. Then you will know, look at this, this is ours, that Jehovah, that's the Lord, makes a distinction between, you can, you, you just simply say Christians and people who are not Christians. This is why our telling people about Jesus is so easy. It's so easy. But now we got the whiny little Christians over there go, well, don't you think I pray? Well, actually, let me answer that. No, I do not think you pray. Because if you do pray, you'll get these results. And you don't have to explain to me why God didn't do it for you. There's no explaining. You go directly to the Lord and get your miracle. I, it's, it's so ridiculous to hear these people go, well, I go to church and, and the Lord hasn't blessed me. Well, then um, I'm so sorry that you can't get your life to line up with the scriptures because the scriptures is the model. The scriptures is the mirror. You should be pleading with the Lord and saying, Lord, I am like the Bible. I'm not like the world. I'm like the Bible. I'm not like the world. And guess what? You'll find out you'll wind up like the Bible. Instead of trying to tell your preacher buddy, you know, that this stuff doesn't work. It does work, praise the Lord. It worked all the way. This is a historical book. It worked all the way from Exodus, all the way through the book of Psalms, all the way to Jesus. Jesus didn't have ups and downs and wonder, well, gee, I laid my hands on that blind guy. Can't understand why it didn't work. He did it one time. It looked like it didn't work, and it wasn't enough. He asked the guy, what can you see? And the guy said, well, I see everybody like trees. And Jesus didn't say, well, you know, sometimes sometimes you just can't, you know, just be thankful you can see people like trees. No. Jesus went back, laid his hands on it again, and the man said, I can see everything clearly now. Wow. Praise the Lord.
Okay. Not a dog shall move his tongue against any of the people of Israel, nor any of their animals shall die. Praise the Lord. Does that cover your vet bills right there? Hello. Convince yourself. I know what it's like. I had to send my dog back in January and $600 later, you know, in the... Praise the Lord, the Lord helps me with my bills, but I tell you what, sometimes a doc can't help you and you love your dog, and anyway, just, just figure this stuff out, folks. Then you'll know that Jehovah makes the distinction between the Israelis and the Egyptians. All these officials of yours will come running to me, bowing low and begging, please leave at once, leave, leave at once and take all your people with you. Boy, now remember, he's still standing there. Now watch this. Only then will I go. Look at that. Then, red-faced with anger, Moses stomped from the palace. Praise the Lord. Now, don't you know the Lord said, oh, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have acted that way. No, man, the Lord was happy about it. Praise the Lord. You get called to go into the military or you get called to be a police officer, man, be proud of it. Don't you worry about it. You got to execute wrath upon the wicked, according to Romans. Anyway, he that spares the rod, what, spoils the child? We all, we all know that. Anyway, verse 9. The Lord had told Moses, Pharaoh won't listen and give him this, and it'll give me this opportunity, look at this, of doing mighty miracles, what? To demonstrate my power. Wow. Anyway, so, uh, so though Moses and Aaron did these miracles right before Pharaoh's eyes, the Lord hardened his heart. He wouldn't let the people leave. Wow. Now why? So the Lord could demonstrate. Now I'm going to back up to the ninth chapter. I looked this up to know where it was. I just remember, I remember the phrase. We had to go find it again. Verse 15. Just to remind us, look at that. God said this, I could have killed you all by now. He's talking to Pharaoh. I could have killed you all by now, but what? But I didn't, for I wanted to demonstrate to you and to all the earth my power. That's the reason the world today is trying to destroy our belief in the book of Genesis. And they sure don't want us to carry it on and go, oh, please don't. Because don't, Genesis is connected to Exodus. Because at the end of Genesis, they were in Egypt. And they don't want us to believe anything about the book of Genesis. And we go, Passover, we act like in the church today, Passover, what Passover? What's the Passover? Oh, it's a, it's a yearly, it's the Jewish thing. I have no idea. And so that's why it's ridiculous not to know what was going on. All right, here we go. That was the 11th chapter. So here's the 12th chapter. So they're out. Pharaoh's, I mean, excuse me, Moses' face is now turned back to normal color. All right. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, from now on, this is the month, will be the first and most important month of the entire year. What's up with this? Passover. Annually, at the 10th day of this month, announce this to all the people of Israel. Each family shall get a lamb. See, this is, this is March, really. Or if a family's too small, let it share the lamb with another small family in the uh, neighborhood. Whether to share this uh, in this way depends on the size of the families. The animals shall be a one-year-old male, sheep, or goat without any defects. On the evening of the 14th day of this month, all the lambs... Wow. Now, remember, we're not talking four or five people here. We got... There's 600,000 men, not counting the women. So that's where we get to figure nearly 6 million people. Okay, on the evening of the 14th day of this month, all the lambs shall be killed, and their blood placed on the two sides of the frames of every door of every home, above the panel of the door. Let's just use this picture of Jesus here. So blood would be right here on the right, on the left, and on the top, which is kind of neat. If, we, if, we, if you consider this picture of Jesus, the death angel or whatever, He's going to see this blood, and he's not going to go in there. Well, it's not your blood. It's the blood of a lamb. Boy, we can really see about Jesus dying on the cross for us because the Bible says he's the lamb. All these things in the New Testament we see so plainly. Okay, so he goes on and says, Use the blood of the lamb uh, eaten in that home. Every one shall eat roast lamb that night with unleavened bread. Now, this is so simple. 
You don't, there's nothing hid. We keep thinking there's hidden things. There's not a thing hid. Just read. The unleavened bread he's going to say in a few minutes is because we don't have time to let it rise. We're getting out of here. So what can we get from that? You don't have time to wait on your healing. You don't have time to wait on your financial help. You don't have time to get your car back from somebody who took it from God's going to get it. He's going to restore everything for you. And this is a thing to remember at least annually once a year. Please remember this. So it's kind of like, okay. Because he's going to say, your grandkids are going to say, Daddy, why are we doing this? Grandpa, why do we do this? And you're going to tell them. Okay, the meat must not be eaten raw or boiled, but roasted, including the head, legs, heart, liver. Don't eat any of the next day. It's, if it's not eaten that night, burn it. Okay, eat it. Look at this. Eat it with your traveling clothes on. Now, remember, they didn't read this in a book saying, yeah, we did this last year. They had, you've got to have an element of faith here. They had to know. You start looking back at all those miracles. God said, I'm going to show out, I'm going to show out, I'm going to show out, I'm going to show out. They had every belief that, praise the Lord, God's going to show out. Okay. So we got to get to the Red Sea in a moment. That's where we got to fly. Okay, so here we go. Uh, look at this. Take your walking shoes, your carrying sticks, and your hands. Eat it hurriedly. This observance shall be called the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt tonight and kill all the oldest sons, firstborn males in all the land of Egypt, and execute judgment. There it is. Upon all the gods of Egypt. He says, notice this, for I am Jehovah. See, it's fairy tale land today. We try to be politically correct and we try to say, well, we need to respect the Buddhist and we need to respect the other people. It's just your heritage makes you believe in a Jewish, Judeo-Christian. Man, this is more than that. This is facts. I'll tell you, if I thought Jesus never did exist, I'd have some questions. But man, proof's on the table. Jesus existed. There is a nation of Egypt and we also know there's a nation of Egypt, a, a nation of Israel and a nation of Egypt. The blood you placed on the doorpost will be proof that you obey me. When I see the blood, you know, just like that picture there, I see the blood, I'll pass over and I'll not destroy the firstborn. Wow. Okay. Notice this. This is a, uh, this event um, each year is a permanent law to remind you of this fatal night. Well, that's the reason we need to know it. Okay. The celebration shall last seven days. Notice it's called a celebration. Praise the Lord. Pass the whiskey. I mean, come on. It was a celebration. They had wine. They had these other things. It was a fantastic time. Some folks, we just listened to the preacher bark all week long and have to listen to the choir. Are you kidding? You've been to an Alabama and Auburn game and seen those tailgates. People come together. It's family reunions. It's wonderful time. It really is. Now, look at this. For that entire period, you eat only bread made without yeast. Anyone who disobeys this during the seven days shall be excommunicated from Israel. Oh, what's so wrong with that? No, 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 no. That's an important word. Excommunicated meant you just cut off all your blessings. Well, we're not going to be excommunicated. So what does that mean to us? We're still in the promised land of blessings all the time. That's why it's so powerful. Okay, on the first day of celebration, and again on the seventh day, there will be special religious services for the entire congregation. Well, first in the end, but it's better than having to listen to the choir all week long, and so it's not that. Okay. No work of any kind will be done those days except for preparation of food. All right. The annual celebration with unleavened bread will cause you to remember the days. Uh, remember today as a day when I brought you from the land of Egypt. It's a law. You've got to celebrate this annually. Okay. Generation after generation. Wow. Look at this. Here's the phrase. Only bread without yeast may be eaten from the evening, 14th day of the month, till the evening of the 21st. No, why? Why, Daddy? Why? For the seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. During that time, anyone who eats anything with yeast shall be excommunicated from the uh, congregation of Israel. This same rule applies to the foreigners. Okay, we got it. All right, again, repeat those days. You must not eat anything. Okay, he's saying, I'm warning you, don't eat anything with yeast. Now, he's going to explain why in just a second. Moses called the elders of Israel, said, go get the lambs 
from your flocks. A lamb from one, a, a lamb for one or more families, depending on the number of persons in the families. Kill the lamb so that God will pass over you, not destroy you. Drain the lamb's blood in a basin. Take a cluster of hyssops. Put it to lamb, on, the, on the top, bottom side, you know, all that above the lintel, two sides. And anyway, and nobody go out that night. Stay inside. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jehovah's going to pass through the land, kill the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the panel of the top of the door and on the side post, he'll pass over you. Now notice it looks like a recap. That's because the Lord told Moses. And now Moses is telling the people. That's the reason it looks like it's a recap. And he says, notice this. He will pass over that home and not permit. Look what it's called here. The destroyer to enter and kill your firstborn. And remember, this is a permanent law uh, for you and your posterity. When you come into the land the Lord has given you, just as he's promised, when you're celebrating Passover, your children will ask, what does this mean? What's this ceremony about? He's not going to say, well, forget it. It's okay. It's not a long time. I don't even remember what it was. That's what we say today. I don't know. I don't know. Plain as can be a Bible. But like I say, bestseller, less read. Oh, my gosh. And that's the story, I think it's one thing you get from the book of Kings. I mean, the, all the kings of Israel. Some looked to the Lord, asked for his help. Others were like, oh, I don't care. And they just went downhill fast. And you and I will go downhill fast too if we quit believing the Bible. Okay. Uh, it's a celebrating of Jehovah's passing over us. For he passed over the homes of Israel, though he killed the Egyptians. He passed over our houses, did not come in to destroy them. Now, why is this going to be a permanent law? Because it's still going to be true today. Man, some people today, that's the reason that little house on the prairie uh, theology is so stupid. You got all your eggs in one basket. You know, here's your first child. You're so happy. Oh, we're so, let's say, I'll just take Dustin, my son. You know, I'm so happy. I got my first son, you know. And you think, and then stupid preachers will come in there. Yeah, yeah, see, you got away from the Lord because you started, you started focusing more time on your newly new son. And that's the reason he came down with leukemia and then he died at age five. And then I write a book going how to deal with it. I got closer to the Lord. Well, why don't we ask Dustin about it? He lost his life. Was it worth that? I mean, come on. It's ridiculous theology. It's not even theology. You can't find that in the Bible. The only person that lost their life to bring us all together was Jesus, and he came back to life. I mean, Jesus just makes... The Bible is such an inspiring book. Okay, compared to that. All right. What's this ceremony about? Okay, so we're supposed to tell them. Okay. All the people bowed their heads in worship. They said, okay. So the people of Israel, they did as Moses and Aaron had commanded. And that night at midnight, Jehovah killed the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt. From the Pharaoh's oldest son to the oldest son of the captive in the dungeon. Also all the firstborn of the cattle. Here we go. Then Pharaoh and his officials and all the people of Egypt got up in the night. There was bitter crying throughout the land. There was not a house that there was not one dead. Except for your house and mine. Praise the Lord. Then summoned, excuse me, then Pharaoh summoned Aaron and Moses during the night and said, Leave us, go away, all of you. Go and serve Jehovah, as you said. Take your flocks and herds, be gone. Oh, look at that. Oh, give me a blessing before you go. And the Egyptians were urgent. Look at this. The Egyptians were urgent to the people of Israel to get them out of the land as quickly as possible, for they said, We are as good as dead. Watch these next verses. Look at this. All right. The Israelis took their bread dough without yeast and their kneading troughs and their uh, troughs with their spare clothes and carried them on their shoulders. The people of Israel did as Moses said, asked the Egyptians for gold and silver and for clothing. And the Lord gave the Israelis favor with the Egyptians so that they gave them whatever they wanted. The Egyptians were practically stripped of everything they owned. Now, flashback. Abraham. Oh, Genesis chapter 15. Abraham has a vision. 
Right after he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, God says, I'm going to give you this land. Moses said, I mean, Abraham says, how do I know you're going to do this? And he says, okay, he prepared, said, prepare a sacrifice. And he did. And he had to shoo the vultures away. And all of a sudden, oh, who are we talking about? Abraham. Abraham falls asleep. And he has a vision. Woo! And he sees God, okay? He sees a smoldering fire, it's this big old fire thing, whatever. And then he says, your people, he said, I'm going to bless you. You're going to live to be an old man. And then he says, your people are going to be enslaved for 400 years, is what he says. But I'm going to bring them out with great wealth. Wow, there it is. They came out with great wealth right there. That's in, uh, oh, ex, excuse me, Genesis 15, that story. That night, the people of Israel left a city that doesn't exist. Well, why is it called Ramses? It did exist. They left Ramses and started for Succoth. There were 600,000 of them. Here we go. Besides all the women and children. So, now these are men. They're, I mean, because it didn't say there were 500 boy kids in there. No, they were 600,000 men. So, you do the math or statistics, statistics on that, and that's the reason they'll say, you know, three to six million. Basically all of Atlanta. Wow. Vast... Uh, people of various sorts went with them, flocks and herds, a vast, there it is, exodus of cattle. When they stopped to eat, they baked the bread with the yeast, yeastless dough they brought. It was yeastless, here we go, because the people were pushed out of Egypt and didn't have time to, for the bread to rise. That was the purpose for unleavened bread. Now, here we go, look at this. The sons of Jacob and their descendants lived in Egypt 430 years. See, that's your tie back to the book of Genesis, chapter 15. It was on the last day of the 430th year that Jehovah's people left the land. That night was selected by the Lord by, to bring his people out from the land of Egypt. So that night was selected as the annual date uh, for the Passover, I guess, celebration of God's, it was deliverance is what they call it. Jehovah said to Moses and Aaron, These are the rules concerning the observance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat this lamb. Only a slave who's been purchased, uh, let's see, uh, uh, may eat it if he's been circumcised. A hired servant visiting a foreigner may not eat it. You shall, you shall, all of you, eat the lamb. Eat it all in one house and don't carry it to outside and you shall not break any of its bones. Okay. All of the congregation of Israel shall observe this memorial at the same time. Wow. I mean, we would, you'd have so much help remembering. You'd be working, Bob and I'd be working together, and he'd say, hey, don't forget Passover next week. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Especially if I was thinking, I got troubles going, oh, hey, Passover. And then, we're, then we'd probably be going, hey, only three months till Passover. <laughs> you know, what's all that about? Well, we're going to have a good time, and it's going to remind us about praise the Lord. Free from, remember what happened to those taskmasters? What happened to those people that were getting beat to a pulp? They're all gone. All right. Uh, let's see. Verse 49. This law applies to uh, those born in Israel, to foreigners living among you. So the people of Israel followed Jehovah's instruction. That very day, the Lord brought the people out from the land of Egypt and wave after wave of them crossing the border. Wow. All right. Let's, let's speed up. Because okay, that wasn't the last one. Here's the next miracle. The Lord instructed Moses, dedicate to me all the sons of Israel, every firstborn male, they're mine. Now, this is interesting. This, you had to buy back. I would have to buy back Dustin, but it was guaranteed. I think it was $2.50, whatever it was. And it was important because the Lord was trying to say, all the firstborn are mine. Hmm. Anyway, that's the reason Samuel, she, Hannah gave Samuel to the Lord because he belonged to the Lord anyway. But she could have bought him back. But she said, no, you give me a son, I'll give him to you. Okay. Then Moses said to the people, this is Exodus 13 too. This day is to, to remember forever the day leaving Egypt and your slavery. For the Lord has brought you out with mighty miracles. And now remember, during the annual celebration of this event, you are to use no yeast. Don't even have it in your home. Celebrate this day of your exodus at the end of March each year. 
when Jehovah brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, you know the story, Amorites, la da 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 okay. Uh, he promised your fathers, flowing with milk and honey, for seven days, don't eat any bread without, with, I mean, without, uh, don't eat bread with, anyway, don't eat any bread without yeast. I mean, only eat bread without yeast. There must be no yeast in your homes. Wow. On the seventh day, a great feast shall be held. I mean, come on. I thought it was a great sermon. No, it's a great feast. Praise the Lord. It's Thanksgiving. Okay. During the celebration days, each of you must explain to your children. Man, I tell you, well, I'll go, tell, I'll go ask the preacher. Man, read your own Bible. We're supposed to know this. It's a celebration of what the Lord did for you when you left Egypt. Now, I'm sorry, but I don't want to remember this. If the same God's not going to be the same tomorrow. He wants me to remember this every year. Praise the Lord. This is what makes our God so great. He's putting his neck on the line for us. This annual Memorial Week will brand you as his own unique people, just as he had branded his mark of ownership upon your hands or your forehead. So celebrate this thing annually. And we do, except we have it watered down. Well, I only go to church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> and now we call it Easter, and we think it's the bunny. Gee, nothing to do with the bunny. Okay, so the celebration, so celebrate the event in late March. And remember the Lord... When the Lord brings you to the land, he promised your ancestors long ago, where the Canaanites are now going living. All the firstborn sons and, and firstborn males, they belong to the Lord. You'll give them to him. A firstborn donkey, look at this, may be purchased back uh, in exchange for a lamb or a baby goat. But if you decide not to trade it, the donkey shall be killed. However, you must buy back your, there it is, you buy back your firstborn sons. Aren't you so glad that he's not like Molech, you cast your kids to the fire? That's what these idiots were doing. No. You know. I was, you know, my sister was older than I am, but I was the firstborn son. Wow. I'd been roasted. Man, I'd been toast. All right. And in the future, your children will ask you, what's this all about? With mighty miracles, Jehovah brought us out of the land of Egypt from our slavery. Pharaoh wouldn't let us go, but Jehovah killed all the firstborn males throughout all the land, both men and animals. That's why we now give the firstborn males to the Lord, except that all the eldest sons are to be bought back. So if you had a farm and all of a sudden here's your first... Cal, you know, and your kids right there, they'd be going, Daddy, we got to give out them to the Lord. <laughs> and Daddy would say, we need him, though, so we're going to buy him back. And you just grew up with that. But it wasn't no problem. They're, they kept having cows. They kept having horses. They were tremendously blessed. And now you know why the Bible shows that they went downhill fast. They quit doing this. They quit remembering the Lord. But, boy, if you remember the Lord, look at all the blessings. Okay. Again, I say this celebration shall identify you as God's people. Well, I need to tell you, God just wants us to know this as much as his brand of ownership was placed on your forehead. It's a reminder that God brought us out of Egypt with great power. So at last, Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them to the land through the land of the Philistines, although that was the direct route from Egypt to the Promised Land. The reason was that God felt the people might become discouraged after having to fight their way through, even though they had left Egypt armed. Look at that. They didn't go without their nine millimeters. Boy, they had everything. All right, he thought they might return to Egypt. Instead, God led them along the route to the Red Sea. All right, here we go. Moses took the bones. Whoa! Four generations, three generations earlier, Joseph said, when y'all leave here, you're going to take my mummified bones with you. <laughs> you taking me out of here. Oh, God. Joseph had made the sons of Israel vow before God that they would take his bones with them when they led them out of Jesus. Richard, do you really believe that? Yeah, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, the great faith chapter says, Joseph made mention of his bones by faith. See, this happened. Okay. All right. 
Leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham. They went to Decatur, went to Gunnersville, to Edge of the Wilderness. All right, the Lord guided them. Look at that. By a pillar of cloud during the daytime and a pillar of fire by night. So they could travel either day or night. The cloud of fire was never out of sight. Oh, you just never know what God's going to do. He never shows you. Baloney, he was standing right there in front of them. Wow. Man, all right, here we go. Looks like bad news here. Jehovah now instructed Moses, tell the people to turn toward, we'll just say this town, between Migdal and the sea, opposite of another town, Baal Zephon, and camp there. Pharaoh will think, notice how God already knows this. Pharaoh's going to think, those Israelites, they're trapped. We got them. Between the desert and the sea. And once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart, and he'll chase after you. I planned this, why? To gain great honor and glory over Pharaoh and all his armies. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Paul wrote about this in Romans chapter 9. In Romans chapter 9, Paul wrote about it and said, Look, you just need to deal with it. God set this up for a reason, to show the world. He says, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. It was selection. And he's pointing out that your salvation is not based on what good you did. God just did it for you. All you have to do is trust him. Praise the Lord. We're not going to earn any of this thing. Okay, once again, I'll harden his heart. He's going to chase it. I've planned this to get great on it. So they camped where they were told. Now, here's the story. Now, they're going to panic, but Moses is going to tell them, look, watch the Lord. When word reached the king of Egypt, that's Pharaoh, that the Israelites were not planning to return to Egypt after three days, but keep on going, Pharaoh and his staff became bold again. What is this we have done letting these slaves get away, they said. So Pharaoh led the chase in his chariot. Oh, man, what a fool. God. He's, he's going to be the head jackass out there in front of his terrible. Look at this. In a chariot. That's his BMW. Followed by the pick of the Egyptians' chariot corps, 600 chariots and all, and other chariots driven by the Egyptian officers. He pursued the people of Israel, for they had taken much. Look at that. They'd taken much of the wealth of Egypt. Pharaoh's entire cavalry, horses, chariots, charioteers were used in the chase, and the Egyptian army overtook the people of Israel. Now, you're going to get the details here. They really didn't get them, but they just, they, they caught up with them. As they were camped beside the shore of Pira, whatever, here, across from whatever, this town and that town. As the Egyptian army approached, the people of Israel saw them far in the distance, speeding after them. They were terribly frightened. And that's good. They cried out to the Lord to help them. And then they turned against Moses. And it started out good. And then they go, what'd you bring us out here to get killed for? Have you brought us out here to die in the, in the desert because there's not enough graves for us in Egypt? But we have to watch out for this. I mean, it's kind of like you go from one miracle to the next, and the next problem you have, you can actually say, well, I guess the, the, the Lord <coughs> I guess the Lord wants me to, it's not his will. It's basically what we do. Well, it's not his will to get me out now. Oh, yes, it is. It's always. Uh, I told you, we, we, just leave us alone. We'd been better off as slaves. Oh, can you believe that? Oh, just so much unbelief. We'd be better off as slaves to the Egyptians than dead in the wilderness. Can you imagine that? God does all these miracles and now he's going to leave you hanging? Oh, please. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Now watch this. This is so funny. Just stand where you are and you'll see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. Now, Moses, where are you getting this from? Well, he knows the Lord. You do. The Egyptians are looking at, you'll never see them again. For the Lord will fight for you. You won't need to lift a finger. Look what the Lord says. Hey, quit praying. <laughs> quit praying. Tell them to go forward. What? The Lord said to Moses, quit praying, get the people moving forward. March, use your rod, hold it over the water. I mean, you mean I got miracles today? Yes. Well, I don't care what you're going through. Look for your miracle. Pray for your, ask for your miracle. Anyway, 
hold your rod over the water, the sea will open before you. Now, here's all that Mickey Mouse stuff people say this didn't happen. Oh, really? Well, look at the details. This was an awesome, and I'll show you some other awesome stuff here. Watch this. We'll just read the details. The sea will open up a path before you. All the people shall walk through on dry ground. You mean mud ground? No, it was dry. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They will go in after you, and you will see the honor I will get in defeating them. I think is what it says. In defeating Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots, his horsemen. All Egypt shall know that I am Jehovah. The angel of God who was leading the people of Israel. Look at that. Move the cloud around behind them. Wait a minute. Think we got that today? Yeah. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about those that fear him. Psalm 34 says. And it stood between the people of Israel and the Egyptians. And that night as it changed uh, uh, into a, yeah, remember at nighttime, what does it come into? A pillar of fire. A pillar of fire. It gave darkness to the Egyptians, but light to the people of Israel. So the Egyptians, man, they couldn't find them. Meanwhile, Moses stretched his rod over the sea and the Lord opened the path through the sea with all the walls of water on each side. Look at that. There were walls. So it wasn't no shallow water. Well, we picked it. You know, we had to make this. No, it was walls of water. Uh, can you imagine? Kids were getting their first time at the natatorium. Man, this was fantastic. They're like, uh, they're, yeah, we got to keep moving. There's another shark up here. Keep going. <laughs> you know, wow, look at that whale. Wow, look at this. Wow, cool. I always wonder what was on the bottom of the sea. Yeah, look at this. And a strong wind blew all night, drying the sea bottom. So the people of Israel walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the Egyptians followed them between the walls of water along the bottom of the sea. All of Pharaoh's horses, chariots. Remember, it wasn't two or three. It's just not, this is not the Lone Ranger being chased by some Indians. This is a massive army. Mm. But in the morning, Jehovah looked down from the cloud of fire upon the array of the Egyptians and began to harass them. Oh, my gosh. Praise the Lord. Thank God it's not us. He's after them. Look at this. Their chariot wheels <laughs> began coming off. <laughs> so their chariot scraped along the dry ground. Well, yeah. Look what they said. Let's get out of here, the Egyptians yelled. Jehovah is fighting for them and against us. Oh, man. When the Israelis were on the other side, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand again over the sea so that the waters will come back over the Egyptians and the chariots and horsemen. See, we don't need to choke over this. Some people today, the church is so full of unbelief. Like, well, you know, this really never did happen. Well, how do we really think they believe that Jesus died on the cross then and rose again? They don't believe that either. Then, If they can't take this, then how do you think they believe God created the heavens and the earth? Well, see, that's just it. They don't believe it. They think it's a big bang. All of this stuff is so amazing. Now, remember, we have the reasons. God said, I am going to show the world. All our responsibility is, is to read the story. Praise the Lord. So that's what we're doing. So anyway, boy, they tried to flee, but the Lord drowned them in the sea. Wow. Moses did, yeah, the sea returned to normal. Okay, verse 28. The water covered the path and the chariots uh, and the chariots and the horsemen uh, and all the army of Pharaoh that chased after Israel through the sea, not one of them remained alive. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, you've got problems today. You've got enemies trying to make things hard on you. We're going to stop here. I don't have time to do their another there's going to be not one enemy after you. Remember, no weapon formed against you prosper. All oh, makes sense. The people of Israel walked through on dry ground. The waters had been walled up on either side. There it is again. We've seen it three times. Walls of water. Walls of water. 
This happened to the Jordan River too when they got in the promised land. Thus Jehovah saved Israel that day from the Egyptians. The people of Israel saw the Egyptians dead, washed upon the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty miracle that the Lord had done for them against the Egyptians, they were afraid, and boy, they revered the Lord, you know, okay. And they believed in him and his servant Moses. Now, we don't have time, but I'm going to tell you this. Then, right then, then, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. I mean, and it goes on, it says, the Lord, my God, my strength, my song has now become my victory. Okay, anyway, notice this. I want to stop here. Verse 3, Exodus 15, verse 3. The Lord is a warrior. All this politically correct stuff has crept into our lives. But notice as how we read the Bible, we go, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with me carrying a concealed carry. There's no, nothing wrong with knowing how the Lord executed judgment on somebody who was trying to kill me. He's there to protect us. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for your word today. Boy, it just applies to us. Father, we just thank you if we were sick, just like this story here was told later. Uh, the psalmist said there was not one feeble one among them. So praise the Lord, you, you healed everybody that needed healing to get out of town. And Lord, if we're, tro- if we're troubled financially, look at all the gold and silver. Praise the Lord, you'll take care of that. And if it's some other problem, like Pharaoh's chasing after us, well, what difference does it make? You're going to take care of us, whatever the problem. That doesn't leave anything, anything left but for us to tell stories to our children and our grandchildren about how great our God is. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Just shock him one more time. <laughs> I, think, I think he was afraid to go.